Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and as you might suspect, I am joined by my simply sensational co-host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. I- I'd take you out to the ball game, Ken. Oh. Oh. And, and all I wouldn't you... want to go because baseball is terrible. It's the worst sport. It is like objectively the worst of sports. I'd also take all of you listeners out to the ball game. Maybe buy you a hot dog and one of those like salted pretzels. Some cracker jack. What's a, what is a cracker jack? It's like it's like a, a confectionery item. Okay. It's like, that narrows it down. I think I think it's just like a sweet popcorn or something like that. Okay. And you get a ring in it or something. Ooh. You get like a prize. I don't. I don't like the word prize. And Americans use the word prize. It's not a yeah. prize. You're not winning anything. It's in every box. Yeah. The one time I went to a baseball game, uh, I got sunburned because it was out in the <laughs> in the baking heat in Florida, uh, and it was so bad I left like an hour in. <laughs> but you still got sunburned. Yeah. It was just. It was just so boring. Like nothing happened. It's the worst. It is literally people playing catch. America's passed on my ass. Yeah. Anyway. Coming up on the show this week, we discuss whether Premier League football is headed for a cataclysmic collapse. That's difficult to say, but I nailed it. And I, uh, well, because I, I, uh, I wrote the script this week, I was like, let's throw a bunch of tongue twisters in there just to ruin Ken. Just to just just F with Ken. Yeah. We'll talk all the major stories of the week. And the deep dive into the best of pop culture and internet, Netflix, returns with more top-notch entertainment recommendations. But before all that fun, Gar, how was your week? It's terrible and great at the same time. Gravity Falls ended, Ken. R.I.P. Gravity Falls. Yeah, which is like, ah, oh, Gravity Falls last episode, ah. But then when it's over, it's like, everything is different now. In a bad way. Dust in the wind. <laughs> no more Dipper, Ken. No more Mabel. No more Waddles. No more Grunkle Stan. It's all over. It's all in the past. How many episodes were there in the end? I think 40. I think both seasons had 20 episodes. I've not, I think I've like seen only like a, a quarter of them. So it's all come from eager. You're the worst, Ken. You're the worst. So you're not the watching, worst. Not watching Gravity Falls. Not getting like the, the huge ending and the, and it's the satisfying conclusion. And they'll probably make a TV movie someday anyway. But still, apparently, like it was torture to make. Really? Yeah, because they had to write all the scripts beforehand. Because they obviously they had this kind of very deeply plotted thing with all their callbacks and kind of uh, winking nods and all that, and hints strewed amongst the show. And it apparently took a very long time to animate. Because it's a very good quality of animation, isn't it? It is. It's almost cinematic in some ways. Yeah. It took a very long time. That's the reason there's like two months between episodes at times. Yeah. Because people blame Disney for that. It's like, Disney, why aren't you scheduling? And uh, Alex Hirsch, who created the show, is like, well, actually, some of that was our fault. Because it just takes so damn long to make. And apparently after the first season, he's like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing it again. Disney are like, second season? He's like fine but it's gonna be the last so it was just so people are sad but the reason it's not around anymore is because it was unsustainable yeah and a torture for uh for alex hirsch and he said like he literally said like it's taken years off his life i think i read something like that yeah uh, on uh, on an article not, not, that, not, not that he's like uh daniel craiging this where he'd rather slit his wrists and do it again because he loves what he's created. Exactly. And he, he actually loves the fans. And he loves the fact that people... 
you know, he feels a sense of pride that people loved what he did, you know. And saw things in his work that he never intended to be there. Yeah. Apparently, he's, uh, like, half the time, the, the little hints that people find, he's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Same as, like, The Matrix. People find all this hidden meaning in The Matrix. And then the Wachowski brothers, yeah, yeah. said, like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. What are you talking about? We didn't do any of that. But uh, good for you. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah, but Gravity Falls is gone, Ken. It is. But there's happier news during the week for you, at least, Scare. But Gravity Falls is gone. It is, Gar. But try and be enthusiastic, because okay. we might want to do this segment again <laughs> yeah. in the future. Gar won do-over last week. I defeated you four votes to three. Yes, I think it was like 57-43. Yeah. Um, I'm devastated. Yeah. I thought I gave the best uh, alternative uh, timeline to... Because we, we know exactly who voted for you. Yes. Because you voted for you, obviously. Yes. Nicole voted for you. And, and Rob, who betrayed me, Rob betrayed me months ago. And the, uh, we, I had a vote about whether the Canadian Destroyer was cool or lame. And he betrayed me on that vote, too. So don't you think I won't forget this, Rob? Second time he betrayed me. But Rob is our most consistent listener, but so we love him. And, yeah. uh You love him. He voted for you. He, yeah, that's why I love Actually, him. Actually, I don't know. I, I voted for me, obviously. But three other people voted for me, and I don't know who voted for me. You vote three times. Did I did mean? not. I did not vote for three. I have enough Twitter accounts to do that, but I did not vote for me three times. I voted for myself once. Okay, it's okay to vote for yourself once. Yes. And Speaking of, we have a, a an election coming up uh, for our our parliament. Can right. you vote for yourself? General election. Yeah. I think you'd have to be an official candidate, but yes. I don't see why you couldn't vote for yourself. Yeah. It's not going to make a huge difference, but. You can't, like, uh, check a box that says other and write Ken Kidney in there. Yeah. No, but, like, if you're a candidate, you're allowed to You say, can like, vote for yourself. Yeah. That's kind of stupid. Why? Well, it's, it's one vote. Yeah. In constituencies of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Well, there was this Kevin Costner film a few years ago where, for some reason, his vote was the deciding vote <laughs> in the presidential election. And then, like, he became this big media storm uh, in the most convoluted movie I've ever seen in my life. But uh, yeah, you won do over, guy. Your Tomorrowland was better, okay? Uh, yeah, my, my, my Tomorrowland will be a cinematic masterpiece. Disney have tapped me to actually remake it. Though. Yeah. Let's keep that in the quiet. I wouldn't be surprised if they did reboot it in a <laughs> couple of years saying, nah, let's try again. It's just like, oh, that Gar guy. That was a very convincing, very convincing uh, reimagining of our film. Maybe they'll have a Tom Hanks in there instead. Slash Tom Hanks robot. Oh, Tom Hanks replacing the robot role. You see, if you had, if you didn't, if you left out, if you had Tom Hanks and George Clooney, Ken, that's what you could have went for. Clooney's and Hanks. So, like, instead of... Double like, trouble. A traditional male-female love affair, it's actually a same-sex love affair. Between Tom Hanks and George Clooney. Yes. Genius. It, Gar- it writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. Maybe we should just do that ne- next week. We'll just have an episode where we just rewrite Tomorrowland. Yeah, where we act it out. Yeah. It's like, oh, George. Thanks, Tom. I'd want George. Let me do my Tom Hanks accent. Hey there, I'm Tom Hanks. How's that? You're my favourite deputy. You're my favourite deputy. Just kind of do Woody. Because yeah. Woody is easier to imitate than Tom Hanks, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was trying to do the voice that he kind of did when he was playing Walt Disney, but I, I couldn't get there. I'm sorry, guy. My range is, is not there. He, he, he really nailed that Disney role, though. He did. See that? Sneaky Netflix. Saving Mr. Banks, good film. He should, he should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. He should have been nominated for an Oscar for Bridge of Spies. He should have. He's only won two of them, and they're turning on him. I know. He's, that was ages ago. That was in the 90s. Why, yeah. why, why, why do you hate Tom Cruise? Or, what, yeah, well, they, they hate, hate Tom, Tom Cruise, too. Yeah, they hate, they hate Tom Cruise. They hate, all Toms. Yeah. And, uh, Oscar's so white, maybe Oscar's so not Tom. Yeah. Hashtag that. Yeah, but uh, not the kind of Tom that women have. 
Okay. Oh right, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, what kind of what kind of Tom? So if we said not uh, Oscars, not so Tom, <laughs> is no women in the Oscars. Exactly. That's our prevailing uh, our prevailing message from this podcast. Uh, but we love and respect women because uh, we are both so uh, half woman. If you think about it, okay. You know, we have genes from a mother, so like everybody's kind of half woman. If you think about it, <laughs> well, slightly less than half. That's my groundbreaking <laughs> yeah. scientific theory. Everybody's half woman when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. We're all being sexist, being victims of, of, of discrimination. If you think about it, yeah. But enough about us. It's time for who knew's best. Who knew's best? Do you want to take us to our first story, Gar? Yep. God's giving up us on uh, up on us all. Can fed up of all the trolling, horribleness, and you know, shouting at each other. The great deity is leaving us to fend for ourselves in one of the worst places on earth. That's right. God's quitting Twitter. God is just like, hashtag not bothered. Yeah, hashtag done with this. Hashtag, you don't deserve my tweets. Yep, fed up with the, the limits of the medium and the number of trolls he hath created. God is quitting Twitter, or more accurately, I'm between the very popular 2.3 million followers. That's a lot of followers for God. At the tweets of God. Yeah. Uh, has was he's he's done. His final tweet was just justice after Anthony Scalia died. Or Antonin. I always thought his name was Anthony Scalia. Yeah, but it's Antonin. I I only realized when he died. It's like oh, it's Antonin. Do you okay. know what I didn't realize? But well, I don't know much about U.S. justice in general. But it's like a lifetime appointment. Yeah, you're there till you die. It's like the Pope. Yeah, he was like seventy nine. That's the reason people are really mad because like Obama would want to nominate a justice. Yeah. But he's in his last year. So they're like, oh, he shouldn't be nominating a lifetime role in, in his last year. It's like basically because they don't want another liberal yeah. judge on the bench. But at the same time, it's his right. It, and, is. But it like, says it in the Constitution. The re- he shall replace them. The Republicans are, are citing this unwritten on. Un, it's not even a law. It's, it's a, made up. It's a rule that you like. it's a kind of like a, a, a kind of a. An honor thing, not even an honor thing. It's something that people pull out when it suits them, basically. Uh, that's and that they buried in the past. Yeah, when the, when the Democrats tried to pull this shit, the Republicans uh, are trying to pull this thing where uh, a president in his last six months—it's not—he's not even, he's yeah, even he, in his last. He is, six he months. another four, three, four months before he's in his last six months of term. Exactly, cannot nominate a new chief justice or which of the Supreme Court. Made up nonsense. Exactly, and as you said, uh, years ago when the Democrats tried to do the same thing. Uh, a, a, the same guy. What's his name? Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, who was uh, who is leading the charge for this now, buried it in the past and said, <laughs> "No, of course you can't." That's that's malarkey. It's not even a rule. Yeah, which it's not. It's, it's made not, up. Yeah, it's it's just one of those kind of uh, uh, unwritten rules. But uh, not enough about American politics. We might get back to that in the future. Yeah, God is apparently uh, David Jabberbaum, who is a former Daily Show writer. Yeah, he created the Twitter handle for God in 2010. Yeah, then he's God. All hail him. Since then, he, he's uh, tweeted about soccer, the Westboro Baptist Church, and how he's probably going to eventually kill us all. Even the, even these tweets, these tweets have been turned into a play. Yeah, it's kind of like God is just like my fingers on the button. I swear to God, <laughs> world, you got to turn this around. I'm going to press it. And he follows one person, Ken, Justin Bieber. <laughs> of course, yeah. Who I, I used to follow the Biebs actually, but I kind of I like the Biebs. I don't mind the Biebs. Are we to understand from this that? Justin Bieber is the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because now that God is gone, all that is left is the Biebs. Exactly. Is is Justin Bieber God's representative on earth now? Yes. So should Justin Bieber now be the Pope? Yes. Pope. I'd I'd actually wouldn't mind, you know, Bieber for Pope. Yeah. Hashtag Bieber for Pope. Believers get on that just for fun. Yeah. 
Get get on that, believers. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Don't you want your your beloved pop icon to be also be an icon of the Catholic Church? Does that sound good? Yeah. He's, he's a role model for all young people. <laughs> Couldn't get that out. Um, some of God's best tweets, Ken. I deeply regret most of you. Yeah, solid. Probably does. I planted all the evidence for evolution. Once it became clear, it did not serve the best of my in- uh, best interest of my reputation to take credit for you. <laughs> so I made up revolution, or evolution because I was sick of being credited with you existing. <laughs> So like the distance himself from the creation of the human race is like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. um, Also, well, I don't believe in you either. <laughs> Which is a good one, isn't it? That's like a put down. It's like, it's like, a, like a, 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 a jaded dad whose son continually disappoints him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Donald Trump is a huge asshole who's ahead in the polls because millions and millions of Americans are also huge assholes. They relate with Donald Trump, according to God. Yeah, God is just like, yeah, you're my biggest mistake. And during the, the famed World Cup semi-final, God tweeted, Stop praying to me, Brazil. Even I can't help you now. <laughs> Hashtag World Cup. Yeah. So God God takes uh, apparently takes uh, favourites in football as well. He does. Because I think he, he tweeted once, it's like, Good job, Liverpool. I tried to make it 5-0, but even I'm not that powerful. Yeah. But, yeah. So God is a Liverpool fan. Yeah. And apparently, according to Family Guy, God hates the New England Patriots. He's not doing a very good job about doing much about it. Well, he is lately. Yeah. Lately, he's, he's striking down Tom Brady with deflated balls. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag deflate case. Yeah. Deflated balls is just a funny term, isn't it? I think we're just... When, when you just talk about Tom Brady and his deflated balls, <laughs> that you don't really have to joke about that. It writes itself. It gives a, a certain connotation, doesn't it? Yep. God also had Ten Commandments, Ken. New God. Yes. Or new, these are new commandments. Uh, they're laugh, read, say please, floss. That's important. Of course. Doubt. Um, so if you doubt these commandments, surely you should not believe in any of it. Whoa! You just you just totally totally usurped God. Yeah, yeah. I lawyered God. Um, exercise, learn, don't hate, cut the bullshit, and chill. <laughs> That's like nine is like the catch-all one. Yeah, it's like cut the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like come on. That's like all of the above. Yep. And his current description on Twitter reads: "Done with you." <laughs> From the location, out of here. <laughs> God, God has a sense of humor. God is great. So if, if this was the God that they preached in church, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm in." <laughs> just God is just like the sarcastic guy sitting on his chair, up, up in the clouds, going, "Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> he's like an angsty teenager." Yeah. However, we will continue the choppy waters of the internet without our Lord's guidance. Care. What What would we do, Ken? I I can't deal with the internet without God. Yeah. He's He's my guiding. I actually didn't follow God, but. You always see his tweets pop up, but I never actually follow him. I'm not one of those 2.3 million people. Yeah. So you don't follow... Uh, do you follow God in real life here? Um, on Twitter? No. Not, not on Twitter, but like... So like, atheist in, in real life, atheist on Twitter. I don't like the word atheist. Agnostic? Uh, probably, uh, agnostic is probably close. I, I, my problem with atheists is I don't like atheists. Yeah, they're obnoxious. They're annoying. And I, I'm perfectly tolerant of all religions. Like, the people who are like, you don't, uh, this is the reason why God isn't real and why religion is terrible. And I'm like, just let people believe what they believe. They're not, well, some of them are too. Like, pre- preaching the word of the Lord during the burden of hell. Some of them are like that. Most of them are just like, I just want to go to church and believe in my God. Who, what was that big hashtag during the week for that? Like, you know, like, it's basically the, the God of atheists. What's that guy's name again? Uh, Dawkins. Yeah. Richard Dawkins. Yeah. 
And it's like, pray for Richard. <laughs> and right, he's had some kind of illness or something happened to him. Okay. And it's kind of kind of funny. It's like, they're like they're basically Catholics are, are, are believers are trolling atheists. <laughs> yeah. saying, pray for Richard. It's like, like a backhanded compliment kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, our next story again. Your vision again. Yeah, we're obsessed with it. Yep. I'm sorry, guys, we're Irish. It's a national obsession. We've won it seven times. It's pretty much the only international competition we've ever been good at. We, we've won it seven times, which is the most in history, but Sweden now have six. Yeah. So they're catching up on us. And apparently they're, they're gunning for us this year, guys. They're really going for it. Well, people rarely win two years in a row, though. Yeah, but as we desperately cling to the hope that we can finally recapture our past Eurovision glories, news broke that... This week, the long-established Deuce voting system will be receiving a shake-up. Yeah, Deuce will still exist, but now well, there's two sets of Deuce Exactly. Uh, the voting in the Eurovision Song Contest is set to be radically transformed, as we just noted. So, there you go. Yep. That's the end of the story. No, we have some details here. In previous years, the results of the professional juries and viewers have been presented as a combined result. Each uh, weighted as 50% in the final score. But from this year, the professional juries and televoters will each award a separate set of points from 1 uh, to 12. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, not like... Well, 1 to 8 and then 10 and 12. 1 to 8 and then 10 9. 10. No one wants 9 and 11. No, 9 and 11 are just like, psh, we ain't got time for that. But if you think about it, with 40 countries, if you add 9 and 11, it would actually probably add 3 hours to the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, they're not going to do the whole uh, going through the countries for all of them. Yeah, they're going to go through the countries for the jury votes, yeah. and then at the end, they're going to reveal the totals for the public vote. Yeah, and just add them. So it's like Ireland's total public vote was twelve points. Hopefully, it's more than twelve points. Yeah. But exactly, so it's just going to be like an overall score, like like so you get twelve, or you don't get twelve, yeah, or you get a, like one hundred and six yeah. from from the public vote. Okay. So this means that now up to 10 countries with both the jury and televote will receive points, adding a new level to the show. Yeah. Can you explain that to me, Gary? I just read that and I was like, that doesn't make sense in my head. The top 10 countries and both the jury and televote will... I don't know. I took this from News Talk. News Talk. We should send this to News Talk that, that, you know, your your sentence doesn't really make sense. Don't know. But yeah, how it works. After viewers cast their vote by phone, text, or through the official app, each national spokesperson of the 43 countries will be called in to present the points for their jury. Then after that, the televoting will be combined, providing one score for each song. So they'll go for the, the old-fashioned, and now we go to Ireland. And then the person from Ireland's like, this has been a very good show. Actually, no, there's usually like a, a, a 6 to 12 second time delay yeah. where the person from Ireland is standing there staring at the screen. It's like, the per- this has been a very good show. Thank you, Stockholm. Do you know? What I, do you know what I always find cringy at the origin? When they get the the jury representative to be like a, a person who formerly represented the country in the Eurovision. Oh yeah, and they yeah. make it a point of saying, "I was in the Eurovision before. I'm going to sing part of the song that I sang. Yeah. Remember me? It's Johnny Logan from Ireland. Remember? What's another year? <laughs> anyway." Uh, so basically, the the whole point of it, I think, I don't think it will change the result as such. I was thinking about this. Will it make any difference? Because considering that they did make up fifty percent of the breakdown anyway, yeah, and you're breaking into separate points, will it just be larger totals? I think the idea behind it, if I'm not mistaken, is that the, you know before, like, there's a chance, you know, when a country starts to run away with it. Uh, that you might have like 10 countries left and somebody's already won and it's going to be anticlimactic. I think the idea is that we won't know who wins until the very end. Yeah, even when we get through all of the jury voting, if someone has a 90-point lead, in theory, 
they, that could be overturned by the public yeah. vote. And this is actually quite similar to the way Sweden selects their song. They use this kind of voting system. So, mm. And the guy who uh, uh, who leads the Eurovision, uh, I think it's John Olesand or something? John Olesand, yep. I got it, yes. We have a quote from him in a second. Um, basically, he's from Scandinavia, so he kinda, he's, he's thinking that this might make things a bit more exciting. But I'm not sure if it will kind of give anybody an edge. I don't think it's 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 changing the the allocation of points. Really, it's not going to you know boost anyone else's chances. You know, except ours, hopefully. Like did you, like I can't really see how it would change anything other than just making it a bit more exciting, so mm. that the result isn't revealed to the end, rather than sitting through like twelve countries and we already know who won. You know? Yeah, everyone's like. Here are my votes. They don't matter, but yeah. here are my votes. Exactly. The same uh, these the same voting system applies for the semifinals as well, obviously. Yeah, but uh, that's not really revealed. Are they going to do it? Like they usually just going to just reveal this... the the qualifiers. They're not going to do like a jury thing for that. Maybe are they? I assume not. But they they said they'll reveal the votes the next day. Okay, they usually do, and it's usually not good viewing for us. But yeah. anyway, usually it's just like, oh, that's how far we are off from qualifying. Oh. Uh, John Olesand, as you just mentioned, Ken said, this new way of presenting the votes is a big step forward, uh, both to make a better television show as well as a more exciting competition. The new voting format guarantees that the song, which is most popular among the public, will receive 12 points regardless of how the jury's voted. Yeah. So, and it's fitting that this change in the, to the iconic scoring system will be debuted in Stockholm, where the famous Duzpois system was introduced in 1975. So it's I suppose the first major shakeup in how people vote since 1975. Yeah. So, like, you know, as we've revealed this story, we've we've come to understand it ourselves, and it actually might actually change the kind of the kind of establishment of who wins. Probably not. No. In fairness, uh, people give out about like the uh, people's big problem with the Eurovision voting uh, voting is the block voting. Mm. So Scandinavian countries will vote for each other, Ireland and England. Actually, that Ireland and England broken down a bit. Yeah, we don't vote for each other anymore. And, and the Eastern Bloc countries tend to vote for each other. You vote for your neighbours. But that rarely affects the winner. I don't think so. The, the actual winner tends to be the song people just liked most. Yeah. People just make excuses for how shittily do, we do. The only thing I don't like is there's usually a favourite beforehand and it nearly always wins. And it's kind of... It kind of Becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, because people say, oh, that one's a favourite. I'll vote for that one. Uh, but I guess it does make it a bit more exciting. We won't kind of be sitting through a bunch of meaningless votes. We'll, and Well, we might. It might be, here's all the jury votes, and then it's like, and we slap another 160 points on top of the winner. But, like, I think a lot of what comes to the, like, the, the neighbours voting for each other is jury bias. Like, you're obviously going to vote for your neighbours, so yeah. they're taking that out of their hands a bit more, as, well, like, as far as I can see. They're, like, if the public like a song, it's going to be the, 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 get the, rack up the points. So. Yep, so uh, Eurovision is in Stockholm on Saturday, May 14th, and Ireland will have to qualify from the second quarterfinal, or semi-final, with Nicky Byrne's Sunlight. And we, we, we covered that in a previous episode, but uh, I had a look at our competitors in that second semi-final. It's not bad. It's actually pretty shitty. No, like, <laughs> no. Everyone is awful. No, you look at, you know, when you look at countries that kind of tend to always qualify or tend to always have a good song, you're like, yeah, we could do okay. <laughs> yeah, we can beat that. Um, I saw performed live for the first time recently on one of our our chat shows, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, I they, think they sure or Ray Darcy. Ray Darcy, good old Ray. Good old Ray. Uh, you know, it's it's on an RTE player in Ireland. If you can access that, probably on YouTube. If you dig it up, YouTube. They yeah. put their best bits on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Well, uh, the best. They put their best bits in so inverted commas. If you're Eurovision fans like we are, uh, you can find Nicky Barnes' Sunlight perform live on YouTube. But um, yeah. 
it's good. They kind of had some pretty, uh, pretty mundane backing singers. I think they need strong backing singers just to kind of lift the overall kind of oomph of the song. And uh, he said that once he's on the bigger stage, he'll kind of work out some kind of, uh, you know, routine or something to make Hopefully. it a bit more. Because so, like eighty percent of the reason Sweden won last year, like it's a good song, yeah. but it was awesomely staged. And we mentioned this in our very first episode, guys. The way Sweden do it, it's almost like uh, like they have a, they have a, this kind of voting system, as I as I said. But from the point where like they they enter to when someone wins, the performance is developed with the song. Mm. So like the performance that you saw in Sweden last year from the winner, or in uh, Austria last year from the winner. Sweden had actually developed that through the selection process. So, actually, I watched their their grand final, and it's almost exact same. Yeah. That's that's how they do it. So, I think that now that we've got the song, we need to focus on the visuals, on the backing. I think the backing makes a huge difference. The backing singers on this Ray Darcy show, which weren't kind of very impressive, just kind of our backing singers are always terrible. You could barely sing them. I think we should have a choir or something. Just, or just let them do it themselves. But you're only allowed to have six people on stage, though, so it's tricky. But just, uh, just have someone with a bow on doing some Irish dancing behind very well, them. and that was partly down because we had a great visual presentation as well, especially right? for lipstick. Yeah, that was a, it was a great performance. Anyway, we could talk about Eurovision all day, and we, and will, we will we'll do a show. We'll do a show in the future. But uh, moving on here, yeah. Hey, criminals, think old people are easy marks for your scumbaggery? Well, think again. Awesome scripting, Gar. Yeah, because I think we we had a story like this a while back. Yeah, about people who tried to rob an old person and the old person fought back. Well, it's happened again in Mount Pacano. Pacano, yes. In PA Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia is also a PA in. What's what PAs actually in in Philadelphia, Ken? Or Pennsylvania? God words. Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but they're both PA. That's confusing. Okay, that's, the, that's the reason I got word tied in my head. So would this be Mount Pocano P-A-P-A? Yes. That's, re- that's weird. I don't know. Uh, please say an 81-year-old Pennsylvania woman chased down robbers who stole her purse, ramming their car with hers and leaving damage to help the officers apprehend them. So like they stole her purse and instead of going like, oh no, someone help. She's like, not today. Got behind the wheel of the car. I imagine this like old biddy with these giant kind of horn ridden glasses. Yeah. It's just like, like milk bottle lenses. <laughs> yeah. Chasing these people down and just ramming into them. I, th- the f- I think the most terrifying part of this for me is that she's actually like driving at 81. <laughs> old people driving is scary. Yeah. The woman was sitting in her car in Mount Picano driveway in her Mount Picano driveway on Tuesday when she was approached by a man and a woman as she talked to them through an open window. One grabbed her purse and they fled in the car and she chased them down. <laughs> Officers found their damaged car in a grocery store parking lot. Yeah, it was the damage that she inflicted upon their car that allowed officers to identify the vehicle and then arrest the the suspects, William Hagerst, twenty four, and Aaron Van Matra. 30. They sound such... They're, they're such villainy names, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Erin Van Matra. <laughs> Sounds like something, something like something from an Expendables film. Uh, so the police say that the, that the suspects targeted the woman after seeing her with cash at a pharmacy. So they they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They they see, didn't, they did, well, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they didn't know what they are getting in for, did they? No. And it's just like, oh, it's an old person. Let's, let's rob the old person. They're helpless. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> the more I think about it, the more hilarious it is. It is just the visual of her chasing them down in her car is fantastic. But like, you know, she's caused some criminal damage, and 
you know, she's done some stuff that she shouldn't do. Shouldn't she be, like, arrested as well? No, citizen's arrest. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. And she's 81. It's like, good on you, love. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, if someone robs you, you have the right to chase them down. I guess so. You don't have the right to, like, kill them or anything, but, like, they started it. Yeah. And she finished it. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. <laughs> Taking us to our final story this week. I've heard of dogs being a workplace hazard for postmen, but now they have a whole new foul threat. I'm so proud of that. Foul. Yeah. Do you want to explain, Gar? Uh, audio was released uh, this week of a tussle between turkeys and a postman. Yes. Uh, it can be found on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK and Twitter at TWSKK. We've posted for you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, a postmaster seems dumbfounded in a 911 call he made to get help for a New Jersey letter carrier who was trapped inside his truck by several wild turkeys. <laughs> no, I... I have no knowledge of what wild turkeys are like, but yeah. they sound quite vicious from I've, the story. Like, if you if you think about turkeys with their weird neck things and their gobbling, imagine them coming at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Okay. Sequel to Zombievers, Zom Turkeys. Oh, yeah. I'm going to write that. Along with Night of the Living Bread, which is still my in-progress work of fiction. Yes. We like we like ho- crappy horror, horror films, and we will continue to write them. Yeah. Uh, this incident took place in uh, Hillsdale, New Jersey, and the audio was released on Wednesday. The audio is fantastic because the postmaster, uh, it says dumb, dumbfounded here in the story, but it's just like, he's more like, hey guys, one of my guys is trapped in a, tur- by a, in a truck by a turkey. You know, can you, can you go out and help him? Yeah. <laughs> it's happened again. <laughs> it's happened again. <laughs> this is not the first time this has happened, apparently. Yeah. Uh, the audio say about seven turkeys attacked him. <laughs> That's actually terrifying. They're like an organized gang of turkeys. <laughs> yeah. It's like the dogs are probably hiding from the turkeys. The, the postmen are like, oh, no dogs today. Gobble. Huh? Gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> it's like Jaws. Do you think this is. They like... probably flank him from all sides. <laughs> yeah. And like, they're, 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 they're like this, uh, three turkeys go to one side of the van and four go to the other. And they start rocking <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> Do you think they're like, they're trying to get like, get the, take over the van and just like, take all the mail and trying like you know like they're like an organized gang that like <laughs> yeah they're robbing the postman <laughs> take all the amazon stuff sell it off online like, <laughs> open all the birthday cards and take the money <laughs> turkeys of ebay it's like gobble put it on ebay gobble this has been an episode of hashtag scare i've got another one for you Go hashtag for turkey mob oh we should that that's another freaking terrible sci-fi film yeah Gobble, gobble. <laughs> uh, that was my terrible attempt at a Godfather theme song. Two officers scared off the turkeys so the letter carrier could continue his route. <laughs> Apparently, they, they they neared extinction wild turkeys a few uh, a few decades ago, but they're making a comeback and robbing postmen. And as a result, they're angry. Like, <laughs> you tried to get rid of us. No, we're getting rid of you. Oh, awesome. This that, is, that's the logline for the film. We basically wrote the film right here, Gary. Yeah. We wrote Attack of the Turkeys right here. Attack of the Wild Turkey. No. Too much? Attack of the Wild Turkeys? Uh, foul, foul Beasts. Foul Play? Foul Play. There you go. Foul Play. Loving it. That's all the stories we have for you for this week. We'll do our best to dig up some new ones in time for next week. Assuming those turkeys stop chasing us. <laughs> turkeys are coming for us too, Ken. They're everywhere. We'll be right back after our first break with the cultural institution that is Netflix. 
Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Now it's time for Netflix. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. If you've listened to the show before, you know that every single week we painstakingly search the web for all the best bits of entertainment specifically for you in a segment we call Netpicks. So, Gar, what have you got for us first this week? I watched MMA last night, Ken, which you, you know is, is against my moral code because MMA is like objectively one of the worst things known to man. Yes. It is people just rolling on the floor doing nothing. It is. It's what, what MMA is. It's just like hugs. Yeah, it's like hugs the sport. But last night, uh, Bellator held Bellator 149, which was less MMA and more like a total gimmick event. Right. Like the main event was a Ken Shamrock fight. Ken Shamrock is 52 years old. Is he st- he's still fighting? Yeah. He lost conclusively after he got kneed in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and the referee didn't notice. That's another look at the clip of him being kneed in the balls and then punched in the face. And the referee doesn't stop it because, you know, when you're kneed in the balls, he's supposed to stop it. Yeah. But it's like, no, he gets kneed in the balls. And it's like, ur, ur, ur. <laughs> it's like a real fight. In fairness, Garrett, it's Bellator. So. Yeah. If you go in a real fight, everyone knows. Go for the balls. Exactly. That's just common sense. But a fight on the undercard of that show, Ken, was Kimbo Slice versus Dada 5000. Is it a robot? <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately it's not. It's Kimbo Slice, who's uh, an out-of-shape fighter in the first place, against Dada 5000, who's even fatter. And, like, these two <laughs> these two were blown up after a minute. They, they could not breathe. They could barely throw punches. The punches looked like the most laboured thing I've ever seen. It's like, it's like if, if the 81-year-old granny from the last, the last thing... Uh, segment fought one of the turkeys <laughs> I'd imagine that's exactly what this would look like you're going down <laughs> she's hitting him with a purse yeah. it was like they, they couldn't throw punches it was so slow and sluggish and the finish was the best thing known to man again because uh, Kimbo Slice threw a punch he missed and then the other guy stumbled around and you know Ric Flair's flare flop yeah. he essentially did that because like, Kimbo missed the punch and the other guy, he was so tired and so wrecked. He didn't even get knocked out. He just fell over from exhaustion. <laughs> and, and that was it. That was it. That was the end of the fight. It was so good. So, if, if all of MMA was this good, I'd watch it every week. So you can't even call that a TKO. What can you? You can kind of call it like a... A stumble over and fall. <laughs> what, what do you call it? Like a, a DKO? Dumbass. <laughs> 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 oh it was so good seriously at the very least you'll, you'll be able to find like gifs or vines of the fit at the end of the fight on, on twitter or something at least search those out if you have time I'm sure someone put the fight up on youtube uh, check that out as well it's it's, it's glorious it's actually so good <laughs> I was uh, so happy I've never enjoyed MMA so much it's terrible again so what's your first pick for us next this weekend my first pick is a topical one, because as you know, uh, in, uh, in about a week, we're going to have the Academy Awards. Yep. And literally the world and their mother is vying for Leo to finally win that Oscar. He is the officially endorsed candidate of the weekend show. Exactly. And the fact that uh, he's won every single award in award season so far, like it's it's almost a foregone conclusion, which is kind of sad because it kind of ruins it when you kind of... He deserves it though, Ken. It's his time. Okay, Gar. 
But my pick is Leo's Red Carpet Rampage. It's a game. Well, it's not really a game. It's a flash game where you push two buttons. <laughs> it's a flash game where you push two buttons, but the outcome is not important at all. No. So there's no winning this game. And I think that's the kind of joke of it. Because you, know, <laughs> you can't win. You're just, you just never get to the end. You can't win like Leo. So basically, it's a game where you race, you chase after an Oscar. And then other people try to get in your way. At one point, Lady Gaga gets in your way. That's kind of an in-joke based on something that happened at some, some awards show. I think it was the Golden Globes, yeah. The Golden Globes where... where uh, she got in his way and uh he gave her he gave her a weird look yeah so uh and then uh, at one stage uh brian cranston starts chasing the oscar <laughs> as well for trumbo uh you've played it as well Garth, i've yeah. played a little bit yeah, yeah and there's these little mini games as well yeah like one of them is like act harder so you press two buttons and he just makes this really <laughs> intense face <laughs> yeah. so uh uh, the actor harder one is pretty funny. So, and then there's also uh, find a white nominee, and you can't win that. Game. <laughs> yeah, so let's find a black nominee. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of people, and the, the instruction is flying to find the black nominee, and you're just going through, and there's none there. <laughs> you can't win. Yeah, and then there's the one where you write your acceptance speech, and it's just like this really convoluted, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like world message uh, acceptance speech. I think there's one more as well. There's like or there's one where like a giant Oscar chases you as well. <laughs> it's like his nightmare, is it? Yeah, and like um the bonuses during the game, you can collect golden globes and screen actors guild awards and uh, at the end you get to see how many that you've won. Uh and uh, the thing is that I think it's pretty much coded so you can never actually catch the Oscar. Yeah. I've never actually I've I played it for about an hour and I <laughs> You played it for an hour? Yes. I played it for like five minutes. It's just like, oh this is uh, pushing pushing Q and H and Q I think it was Q and H, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's two letters in the middle of the keyboard next to each other. It's like, it's like I'm done. And Ken's like there for an hour. I just wanted to verify that you can catch the Oscar, and you cannot, in fact, catch the Oscar. It's just a, Leo will catch it. Can we believe in him? It's kind of part of this kind of uh, movement in games that, like, the point of it is just kind of entertainment or comedy or rather than winning political comment or you know social comment. Rather, than, there's no kind of winning. There's or, always winning in life, Ken. Winning isn't the point, Gar. Winning isn't the point, but that's Leo's Red Carpet Rampage. If you Google it, you will find it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's being spread around the place pretty pretty yeah. decently this week. Yeah, it's it's a hoot. So it check is. it out. It's a good time. Uh, my my second pick, Ken, uh, to stick with the football theme coming up, is an article from the Times this week about how match of the day became relevant again, and, and realistically, it's not actually much about that. But it's about kind of like the, 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 the behind-the-scenes of, of match of the day on a Saturday. Which I, f- I found kind of fascinating. Like you assume Alan Shearer sh- shows up on the couch at like you know uh, ten twenty five, just going, "Ah, oh, what do you want me to say this week?" But he's actually he's actually in there from lunchtime, like watching games and working with producers yeah. to, to go like, "Oh, this is this is the point I want to make here." So uh, like a video package about this and a video package about that. It's like, "Oh, we do we have time for that?" And then they go to rehearsals. And then Gary Lineker comes in and like Ian Wright or whoever the extra the second guest is and it's actually like a whole day long thing i think all tv is like that now isn't it it's yeah like, like it looks so simple it looks so like like lads show up with a yeah. camera it's like there we go let's talk about the, fo- the footy yeah but it's actually produced to the hilt these things like yeah. same, same with like the x factor it looks like oh they just come on stage and they sing and they there's so many people in practice there's so know? many people and things that go into those people being able to stand on that stage with a microphone and go whoa Often like two dress rehearsals, like it's it's crazy, like yeah. the amount of effort. But anyway, it's it's, it's an interesting look, uh, a kind of a, a cultural institution that is matched today. And uh, like Ian Wright talks about how they they kind of changed the format of the show, 
got rid of kind of like the likes of Mark Lawrence and people who have been there for years and brought in other people who have kind of fresher perspectives. Mark Lawrence and who's, who's in, his view of the game is still stuck in the 1980s. Yeah, he still gets he still pops up every now and then. Yeah, we tend to hire him at Oxford. Our... TV3, TV3, TV3 like Mark Lawrence and yeah. yeah. And Alan Hansen's the other guy. The only, the only place he can get a gig now is Ireland. In fact, somebody like Didi Hammond was on Champions League coverage during the week. I like Didi. Yeah, Graham Souness used to always be over here before he got the big leagues in Sky. I know. He used to practically live here. Exactly. And we paid him a boatload of money as well, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, how much did they become relevant again. It was on the, in the, on the Times website this week. My final pick this car is Pokemon related. I like Pokemon. It's Pokemon's 20th anniversary again. We'll probably do a Pokemon show. Exactly. We'll probably do a Pokemon show at some stage. And uh, just to give you a little taste... This is a, a college humor video. I did one on Netflix recently, and I've been basically binge watching college humor <laughs> recently. But uh, this is the Poke Rap, except uh, with all uh, it's like the previous one was all 150 so uh, on the TV show. This is all 718 Pokemon. So it's like Charmeleon, Wartortle, Mewtwo, Tentacle, Aerodactyl, Omanite, Slowpoke, Mewtwo, Tentacle. That's all, folks. Except it's not. Here's another like 600. It's actually. Nine minutes and six seconds long. Oh, God. Just to get through them all. And basically, it's a spoof. Like, the guy who's doing it is, like, doing the voiceover. He's like, are we done yet? He's like, yeah, we're not even halfway through. <laughs> and by the end of it, he's, like, he's just like, I, I, I want to go home. And he's like, we have your son. <laughs> and, like, and, and they make him keep going. And then, I think that's how they make Pokemon. It's like, we kidnap your children. It's like, churn out another five. <laughs> churn out another hundred. It's like, and then someone's looking around the room. It's like, but like keys. That's a Pokemon now. Yeah. Ice cream, that's a Pokemon now. Yeah. Rush, bag of rubbish. Bag of rubbish, it's a Pokemon now. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. Like you, watching it, you're just like some of them are just completely ridiculous. Yeah. It's like yoga mat, it's a Pokemon. Kind of the that's a Pokemon now. <laughs> uh, that's what they do. It's like they're sitting in a room just looking around. And it's like what haven't we turned into a Pokemon yet? Uh, like there is seven hundred of them now. My self respect, that's a Pokemon. Now. <laughs> it's long gone. Yeah, but it's it's just um, it is a bit of a time investment because it it actually it goes like, through all of them. It goes through all of them, and it, like it's kind of funny because they actually show pictures of all of them as well. So you're just like, wow, it's just like I that's even, a Pokemon. Yeah, exactly, and you don't even think about like how many there are because like in my head, there's still 150 because I'm a kid. Even though I, I I know I do play the Pokemon games still, but it's just like like in my head, there's about 500. Yeah, I don't think I've moved on to the X and Y generation in my head yet. Exactly, and there's 218 more than that care and counting. Yep. So they it, invented a new one recently for a film. It's it's hilarious, uh, and uh, depressing in some ways. It's like so many Pokemon. Like I'm I'm a relatively invested guy in Pokemon. Yeah. But I'm sure there's at least one Pokemon that you'd show me, and I'm like, who's that? What? <laughs> uh, I just have forgotten they existed. Like yeah. Tropius. Tropius is a Pokemon. You know the kind of weird leaf dinosaur yes yeah he's one you just forget it exists poor tropius car yeah he's just forgotten about dust in the wind <laughs> that's your new sad song now is it yeah but it's available on youtube and you know it's only 10 minutes of your life check it out yeah only it's 10 good. minutes going through every single pokemon do you want to take us home gar we're all picked out for this week. Come back next week when we'll have another slew of entertainment goodies. After the break, we'll discuss whether football is about to fall apart. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube.
You're listening to The Weekend Show with myself, Ken Kidney, and my co-host, Garrett. As a new big-money television deal locks into place this year for the Premier League, we can't help but wonder how sustainable football is as wages, debt, and TV rights spiral upwards. Is the Premier League destined for a collapse, or will it just keep on growing? That is our question, and we hope to answer it. But we probably won't. Yeah. Because <laughs> the answer is... Maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, possibly. There's pros and cons. But before we get into that, mini season review. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. I think that the two big stories of the, of this Premier League season are Leicester and Chelsea. Basically, so Chelsea, who are the previous champions, who, well, maybe uh, struggled in the second half of the season, strolled to the title in they, the first they, half they, of last they season. They destroyed everybody for half a season and then kind of stumbled away over the line. But uh, they, uh, up until recently, were down the bottom half of the table. They still are. Yeah, but like, still, like, like down near the relegation. Yeah, there, there was no threat of being relegated now, but like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna make Europe next year. Yeah, they'd be lucky to make the top six if that. They're not gonna make it. They just won't. Yeah. So yeah, Chelsea collapse. But uh, I insist because because everything I think of is in terms of animation and stuff. Uh, that Leicester City space jammed Chelsea. They space jammed them. Because if Can you, you think... explain for people who haven't seen Space Jam, who hasn't seen Space all Jam, all those terrible, terrible people. It's where, where aliens steal basketball players' basketball powers and make themselves really good basketballers. Of course, Where's... naturally. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the monsters, good top quality monsters, world class pun, world class pun. Well, we like our puns here. Where uh, if you look at when Chelsea started stumbling last year, relative to when Leicester started shooting off, staying up, and then killing everybody this year and winning the league uh those two things kind of coincided ken whoa and no coincidence ken leicester manager is former chelsea manager claudio ranieri so do you think he just went in with like with a football like a special magical football like in space jam yeah. well that was a basketball but never mind uh he's we're, like, we're, he's we're like, adapting it hey guys remember me it's like oh claudio you used to manage here so we're, we're not suspicious of your motives yeah and then and then he kind of and went, like eden Kick this football, and then he gave that football to to uh, Riyad Mahrez, and he sucked the power out. Yeah, or he's like, he signed this for my my uh, son, and he's like, oh yeah, I've got a big ego, so I'm gonna sign it. You signed away your talent. Yeah. <laughs> the football is actually a, a talent contract. Yeah. <laughs> when they signed it, it's like it's gone now. I know Claudio has all your power. <laughs> but yeah, Leicester are, are currently top of the league. They they might get over the line. Who knows? That's what's making this season interesting. Yeah. You also have Arsenal who are stumbling stumbling around. But, like, if if they get some, some consistency together, they could be uh, still be contenders for the title. Yeah. You look at Spurs, who are probably the most consistent team this year. I feel sorry for Spurs because nobody is looking at their title challenge at all. They're yeah. just like... They're, they're two points, two, three points off top at the moment. Exactly. And everyone's like... Spurs. Like, Leicester. City probably will come back eventually. Yeah. It's just like... Spurs? Yeah. I think they're used to Spurs being choke artists. That's probably what it is. Yeah, whereas if you look at them under Potichino, they're they're a very efficient team. They get the job done. And then we have teams like Southampton who started very poorly, but are, who've won, I think, six games on the trot without conceding a goal. Yeah, they're getting, getting turned get on a roll now again. Yeah, you have Stoke, who, who spent a lot of money and haven't gotten much for it yet. Yeah. But at the same time, they're kind of winning more games than they were. Like, under Mark Hughes, they've become more of a of an attacking team yeah. and uh, they have like five Champions League winners in their team now yeah which is I think more than like uh, Chelsea and um, you know combined or something like that yeah it's crazy or not Chelsea but um, so like they're not you know surging up the table or anything but they they are they are in a position where they're, they're not going to be relegated anytime no, soon no exactly so like they've kind of solidified their place as a Premier League team and they, they do pull off 
uh, uh, quite uh, frequent upsets, I think. And uh, Aston Villa are relegated. Yeah. They are. <laughs> They're Denver. Not mathematically, but they are. It's, it's going to be very hard for them to come back now. Yeah, and then there's a, a kind of a dog fight for those second two positions between, like, Sunderland and Bournemouth. Bournemouth are kind of up there now, though. They've kind of yeah, pulled away a little they're bit. Still, yeah. still in the, the zone, but they're kind of... Uh, they managed to put together their results to keep themselves out of it anyway. I, I see them being a Burnley slash Blackpool. Yeah. Who play, played so well through the season. They're plucky. They're underdogs. You root for them, and then they just get relegated the last day. And Sad. then there's, like, so Swansea who aren't doing that well. Norwich. Yeah, Norwich and uh, Newcastle are yeah. all down there fighting. And Newcastle's a big club. I just can't understand how they're not more successful and they, if you look at their team it's like they have a team of pretty good players and it, and it's not like Villa where you look at a, uh, it's like oh there's a lot of shite there yeah Tim Sherwood just signed a bunch of rubbish they lost they lost 6-0 last week and he had the audacity on match of the day yeah he happened. was on match of the day to, to analyse that the, 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 the crappy team he left behind he spent 52 million in the summer I know they lost Benteke and Delph yeah. who were their two best players but they spent 52 million it's not like they didn't try and replace them but he bought a bunch of rubbish and then he was just like Oh well, saws, 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 not saws. And he was analysing the match of the day, but that's another story. And he endorsed diving on that show. So, Gar, we we kind of made predictions at the start of the year. I think I, we both said Arsenal to win the title. Are, yep. are you still saying that? Um, yes. Okay. And uh, I can't I can't really remember who we said would get relegated. I think Norwich were in there. I think I think we said Norwich would stay up. I think we said Bournemouth. Yeah. I think we might have said Villa and like Sunderland. Yeah. We I will we'll do a season review at the, like the end of the year and we'll actually listen to that and come back to it. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of tough to call the relegation spot at the moment because it's quite close down the bottom. Yeah. It's also close up the top. So who do you think you're going to lock in those uh, those other three places? The Champions League spots. Yeah, I think the teams that are there now will lock in the Champions League spots. Really? Arsenal, City, uh, Spurs, and Leicester. Leicester in the Champions League. It would be great fun, won't it? Yeah. Like if they if they somehow collapse to the degree that they don't make Champions League this year. That'll be really disappointing. Yeah, it's just like it's just so cool to see. You know, like it's kind of like Leicester what, against Barcelona. It's kind of like when, like exactly. It's kind of like when when uh, they're probably slaughtered, but that's that's not that's not the point. Uh, a few years ago in League A, which is the the French Premier League, a oh, very good French game. Exactly, I learned it for eight years. <laughs> I, that's all I know. Um, but uh, Montpellier went from twelfth place to winning the league the following season. Olivier Giroud, who plays for Arsenal now, was one of their stars, uh, who was promptly pilfered after that. Yeah. Uh, and then they went back down to 14th place after that or something like that. <laughs> so uh, it's one of those stories. I hope it's not one of those stories, though, in the sense that I hope that it's not kind of one of those freak anomalies where it happens one season and then, yeah, and then the next they, season they're relegated. They blackburn it, basically. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's our mini-season review. I think that we've covered all of the, the salient points there. Now to move on to the the, the, the only thing that matters here, money. money, 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 money. That's a good theme song, isn't it? It is a good theme song, but curse you, Ted, to be asking your great theme song. So uh, next year, uh, twenty sixteen, for the next three years after that, uh, we have a gigantic television deal. Like Sky paid four point two billion pounds for five of the seven TV packages, and BT paid nine hundred and sixty million for the rest. That's like Sky paid. 83% more than they did three years earlier. Yeah, and that will run until 2019. Whereas BT paid 18% more. So it's just drawing. It's an absurd amount of money. It's just, it's just, I just can't understand how, how that's sustainable for me. Like, you know. Like, it, the average cost of a Premier League game to air on television is £10 million. 
10 million pounds to air one game and do we have any figures on the subscriptions for sky and bt um probably like the char- bt charge about i think it's 15 a month yeah and sky charge i think about 30 yeah that's but about I, right i can't i can't imagine they're not going to increase those rights fees probably because like they, obviously they get money from from venues and stuff that show that they air tv as well which is like pubs like the amount they charge in pubs is just incredible. Oh yeah, and pubs is like pubs. It, the pubs just will close if they don't have it. Yeah, exactly. That's what people go to pubs for, but it yeah. costs it costs a lot of money to get. For a season, it's like thousand upon thousand. Yeah, it's, it's it's apparently tied to the size of your, or the the value of your property. That's interesting. How yeah. do they determine that? Do they have like a sky representative come out and look at your pub or something? Yeah, I assume like your property has a value. Anyway, because uh, I assume what they're trying to capture there is size, essentially. Yeah, uh, but I guess how many TVs you have in there and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I would, I would thought like uh, average number of patrons, but that's pretty hard to actually accurately measure. So just to give you a, a bit of context here, BT will pay three hundred twenty million pounds per season, which is up from two hundred forty-six million uh, per season at present. Mm-hmm. Uh, the communications giant said that it equates to seven point six million per game. Whereas Sky are paying eleven million per game. Yeah, because basically, like Rupert Murdoch is 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 like worth more money, and he's like he's got it. Just shake him down. <laughs> yeah, but like you can't like this, this. It's going to increase again in three years. It's it's just it's just going to. Yeah, and like who can pay that? There's going to come a period where Sky or BT are just like, nah, sorry, because they're using it apparently as something of a lost leader. Yeah, especially for their kind of peripheral services like broadband. Yeah, which is the reason you hear them try and pair them together so much. So they're trying to pull you in with the, the football. And it's like, oh, we have broadband too. So Sky is paying something in the region of, if I'm correct here, 1.392 billion per year. Is that at present or? Uh, it will pay. So that's when the deal comes in. Yeah, when the deal comes in. So that's 11 million per match, as you said. Uh, 126 matches. So like, it's... it's it's, it's like it seems insignificant in some ways. Yeah, it, it is ten more than they were originally showing. Yeah, you see, it, you see football is actually you, you look at this and it is two companies competing each other for the rights of our games, but yeah. there's no actual competition in football. Yeah, you know if, if there was real competition in football, it would be two companies airing the same game at once. Yeah, and then providing different experiences, and then that that's real competition, but that doesn't exist in football. Football is somewhat anti-competitive in that way. Good business, Karen. I know. Yeah. Um. In 2012, they paid three billion, uh, so it's considerably up. It's up to five billion. Five billion. That, that that's like obscene money. It's just like for for like football. If you think about it, is almost like a modern form of slavery. <laughs> it's sell. I, I it is. It's sell buying and selling people. And and like like and then as is, a whole. Is there any industry, other industry other than sports where you see that? Like I know people move between companies, but they don't tend to be bought like and bid for and auctioned off and have an actual Twitter. value put on your your like a literal you're worth this much money exactly that, like in one way it's flattering if you're worth a lot of money but it's also if you really start to deepen your soul it's actually quite troubling if you we have revenue breakdown figures in front of us in a nice little chart yeah and um, when, you, when you look at the amount that the Premier League get in terms of television fees which is the green one in the chart in case you're looking Ken yes relative to the other big four it's a uh, lovely chart, by the way. Yeah, it's from, um, I think, Deloitte. Yeah, Deloitte's annual review of football. Uh, when you look at it relative to the other big four, the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and the league. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I did German. 
Um, yeah. You can see the amount of money that the people are paying, the, the broadcasters are paying to air these games. It's like dramatically more than these other leagues. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like double in some cases. Like. More than double. I don't think there's a case for it's anything less than triple. Like the Bundesliga is the well, actually no, La Liga is the second biggest. When you look at it, and it's just like it's huge. We're it's, gonna we're gonna post this graphic on our Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, so, so don't worry. Check out TWSKK on Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And like, and you're now hearing about troubles due to people wanting to raise ticket prices. Yeah. Because you have to to compete. Yeah. But the West Ham uh, owner is like, we're not going to raise our ticket prices. And it's like, yeah, because you've got a stadium for free. <laughs> yeah, that the British taxpayer paid for. Here's a 60,000 seat stadium as opposed to your, I think, 35, 40-ish. Average, yeah. In the Premier League. Where, and like, I think Stoke have frozen their ticket prices for five straight years as well. And like, you can see the Premier League make more ticket revenue than any other league in Europe as well. Yeah. But... But apparently that's because like the German League have principles. Uh, <laughs> Did you see the Dortmund fans? Yeah. They threw tennis balls on the pitch to protest. Like Liverpool fans left. The Dortmund fans hockeyed the pitch with tennis balls to protest ticket price increases. Yeah. And they're, apparently they're famous for their ticket prices because they're actually famously uh, reasonable for yeah. season tickets. Dortmund are kind of a very local club. Dortmund's uh, it's not a very big place. Yeah. So like they really embrace the club. The club has been good to them in previous years but I guess... As you know, success almost breeds uh, breeds a kind of an expectation. Like, so it's almost like as they succeed, and they have succeeded quite a lot in recent years, it actually requires the the upkeep of the club is is more in terms of money. Like, so yeah, in order to, to repeatedly compete in Europe on a top level, you have to spend money. Yeah, Just and like this... so, it comes from kind of a, a well one, a well run club, particularly on wages. Actually, who had wages. financial trouble in the past? So that's why they were kind of in the football wilderness for years. People think about transfer fees; it's the wages that these clubs are spending the money on. Exactly, uh, and you know, I would worry for Dortmund because you know, as I said, they had a history of financial trouble. You know, they managed to stabilize themselves to the point where they they kind of returned to the top flight uh, elite. But now, like they're they're kind of trying to keep up with Bayern and. It's almost like that kind of rivalry is, is, is going to drive them into the ground again. And that's kind of worrying. Yeah, uh, there is, it isn't terrible. Like record, record Premier League revenue was rating in, I think, 2013, 2014. Yeah. But that was on the back of uh, television revenue. Exactly. 3.26 billion. And wages to revenue ratio fell uh, in that year to the lowest level since uh, 1998, 99 to 58%. So relative, uh, they're spending 58% of the revenue on wages, which tells you how much more they're being paid, doesn't it? It's just outrageous. It's so much money. Anyway. Uh, and they reduced their net debt to 2.4 billion. <laughs> well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 2.4. Only 2.4. It's it's a, it's a drop in the ocean. The, the, the worst part is that, that I think the debt tends to uh, unduly affect the smaller clubs. Yeah. Because when they come up, they have to spend a lot of money to stay up. And yeah. if they don't, they're screwed. Yeah. That's the reason you see so many clubs that go down, they can't get back up. Or they even start falling down through the other leagues. Yeah, you see a Portsmouth happen where they spend so much money trying to stay in the Premier League that they just they can't do anything anymore. Same with Bolton. Bolton are financially collapsing now. Yeah. Southampton, I think, uh, went bankrupt at one stage. Yeah. Um, when you look at this, apparently, I think uh, five football clubs have went bankrupt and ceased to exist in the last hundred years. Wow. Yeah. They all stay around. Yeah. Like, all of them. It's a very rare case for a football club to go under... And for it to just like, that's it, guys. Shut up the shop. We're done. Sorry. So, there's always someone else to come with money, whether it's the fans or a silly businessman willing to throw money at the at the club. So you, you would ask the question, then, is this a real issue? 
Yeah. If you'll always have someone who will come in and bail the clubs out, is it that bad that they, you know, run into financial trouble all the time? Yeah, but like, I guess with the case of Liverpool, like, like it came very close to the wire by the time they were bailed out. Yeah, know? but they were like Liverpool were a club that was never ever going to go under. You know, yeah. they were a club that has such a strong brand and such an engaged fan base that if you started a Kickstarter to get the, to keep Liverpool going, you'd fund it in a day. Exactly. So, uh, so are you saying kind of like they're too big to fail? somewhat or at least there's enough safety nets for them to fail uh, but if the if the the, the arse falls out of the tv rights fees that's going to leave a lot of clubs in a hole yeah a giant hole yeah i wouldn't say they'd cease to exist but we see a lot of the clubs dropping out of the premier league yeah you know? if you reach the stage where the sky and bt are like we can't do this anymore we can't keep on bidding this up yeah and there's no one else to come in and say we'll do it because yeah. like Satanta used to do it and then BT came in like BT are like we'll buy everything but Satanta did it and went out, almost went out of business doing yeah. it I think BT owns Satanta now don't they it's, do it's kind of a package deal yeah it? I assume that they at least have some kind of stake in Satanta yeah it's a subsidiary I think it's and subsidiary. Satanta nearly drove themselves bust trying to compete with these people exactly so like RTE <laughs> used to, to air a Premier League highlights package they can't even afford the highlights they used anymore to, they, used to, they used to air the odd game as yeah well. they used to have the 3 o'clock game yeah. And then they lost the trick off game and they can't even air highlights anymore. They can't afford that. Can't even afford highlights. And like like that's not even like that's like a, a few minutes of each game even. Like, yeah. Which is just It's a lot of money. And it's just like you're kinda of limiting the access for some fans and uh, do you think that like there there's pros and cons as I said and we'll get into one of the pros in a minute. But I think you will reach a stage where these TV rights fees can't keep going up, and they will start going down. Yeah, and the you know, and the 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 fees are going to go for fans, and then and, and people are reasonable as well. Like I love my football, but I'm not going to pay that much for it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and apparently there the you think about football having all of these diehard fans. There's apparently not as many as people think. Yeah. Every club has has a a, a portion of diehard fans, but most of them are you know come and go as they pleasers. Exactly. It's like football is not the priority in my life. Yeah. But uh, as you know, Gareth Deloitte uh, has been releasing these figures and they're predicting future future growth in the industry, so they can't see an end to sight in this. Yeah. Because um, I, I think uh, like the TV rights fees will go up again in three years, nearly yeah. certainly. Someone will come in and pay for it. But yeah. I, I do think there will be a period where someone will just go, nah, and clubs will have expenditures based on those TV rights fees and they'll have to slash them. Yeah. ESPN came into the market. They had some Premier League games and then they lost it. Uh, they, they seem to be part of... Satanta's or BT's broader package as well now I don't think yeah so uh, it's possible that uh, I can't really see any players that will come in maybe unless uh, you get a startup of some sort Virgin maybe Virgin uh, maybe if Fox want to become a bigger player in the market in the UK they have kind of some channels here but they're not they're not that big here the Fox channels no Um, so it's hard to know where the money's going I suppose Fox and Sky are both owned owned by Rupert Murdoch, so exactly. it's, it's, he, he wouldn't want to be bringing something in to compete with himself. Exactly, so it's hard to know where the the future bidders are going from. But yeah. um, if we're to talk about the positives, Gar, one of the positives possibly is like we've seen probably the most competitive league we've ever seen. Yeah, which should be good for television ratings. Yeah, there's theories that it's not. There's yeah. theories that people like like oligopolies in football. They like to see like, like the, three, the shining gods yeah. prevail. They want the, the three like the two or three big teams that you can everyone can go yeah, and then everyone can hate them for being successful. Yeah. But then they'll still go see them to try to see them being beat. Yeah, but uh, but then like Leicester City, you have Leicester City, but like who defy like all reasonable logic in football. Yeah, like even like uh, the the idea that oh possession uh, possession based game is how you win. Whereas I think Leicester uh, generally. 
have less possession than their opposition and usually beat them 3-0. Yeah. They just get the ball, they get up the other end of the pitch and they score. That's what Leicester do. Exactly. But one of the, the benefits is that clubs are on a more equal ground these days with these television rights. Like, there's a lot, like, from top to bottom, like, if you don't know how the Premier League works, if you're promoted to the Premier League, you get a stake in a stake in the league. Each team has an equal stake, essentially. Well, they don't get an equal portion of television fees, though. No, they? but they get an equal stake in in the yeah. in, in membership at least. When Sheffield United were relegated, we refused to hand ours back. <laughs> yeah, you're, like a relegated team is supposed to hand theirs over to a promoted team. Uh, so they refused to hand theirs back because they thought they were hired done by. We were hired done by. Carlos Tevez was an illegal player, Ken. That's, a, that's another podcast. Here. He was not registered. Uh, I think he was banned, wasn't he? That was the point. No, uh, yeah, he, should, he shouldn't have been playing. He wasn't properly registered. Okay, interesting. He was illegally played and he single-handedly kept West Ham up. Oh. We were screwed. You were screwed, Gareth. But, like, you see, even the, taking Stoke as an example, buying five Champions League players, they're Champions League winners. They spent 18 million on that fellow from Porto. Yeah. Mbulu was his name, and I like, think. It's, like, it kind of strikes me. Like, do you know, like, you were watching the transfer news on Sky and you're just like, Stoke paid how much? Where did they get that money? You know, yeah. where did they get that money? You're just like, you kind of forget these clubs are all quite rich now. Yeah, you know? and, uh, some of them turn a profit. Stoke turned a profit. Yeah, Stoke uh, earned. Well, they're all in debt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's always the case, but they have more money to compete now. So, and we've seen the fruits of this year, like Watford or kind of. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for like Leicester doing so well, I would be like looking at Watford, going, "Look how good Watford!" Is. Like we didn't yeah. mention them earlier. Yeah, it's like look how good Watford are doing. Like, that's how much we forgot them because Leicester have, have overshadowed them. But that's the point, like. Uh, there's no such thing as a top four, at least not now at the moment. And you know the big top four used to be like locked in, especially post post Ferguson United. Anyone can beat anyone. Uh, it's making it more exciting, as you said, Gareth. You know, time will tell whether that it actually results in whether that's what actually people actually want. More figures, but like as the team becomes more successful, like the kind of concentration of support will kind of maybe disperse a bit. So like there'll be more revenue in terms of more people. Uh, being fans of clubs so like instead of going like well there's top four clubs I'm going to choose one of them because they're successful they might go I want to be a Leicester City fan or I want to be a Watford fan so it's spreading the wealth and as, as, as a result I think it, it is making it more competitive but you wonder what the, the cost of that uh, is going to be especially if they as I said if, if the TV rights fees drop and these clubs are spending money based on those revenues yeah that's good they're going to run into a lot of trouble yeah so uh, it's, it's who knows TV rights they, they, they won't go up exponentially in perpetuity yes but who knows they could just keep going up for the next 40 years <laughs> yeah so we could keep we could see Leicester City dominate the league for forevermore yeah. Leicester, I'd, li- I'd like actually love that well yeah. I wouldn't in like five years when they become like one of those teams and you begin to resent their become success a, a, when they become a dynasty and you resent them yep just like, like the first season Chelsea under Joel say it's like fair enough people are like oh they bought their success but everyone buys their success you think about especially they, these days if they win the league or especially if they get into the Champions League they could ma- use that momentum to kick on and just become a top club for the foreseeable future yeah well they, they locked in Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez to do contracts so it's not like they're going to well they might be still be Belford who knows yeah. that's what tends to happen like that's what happened to Blackburn as well yeah they, they give him a new contract basically because they can sell him for a higher price than anything yeah like Mahrez was on pittance relative yeah. to a Premier League salary I can't remember the exact amount but like he was signed uh, in the last January transfer window before they were promoted like for half a million pounds yeah so he was signed on a, a championship player's salary and he was making pittance relative to like Wayne Rooney. 
who he was uh, who Maris was outperforming on every single level. Yeah. But yes, he was he's he's actually really loyal to the club. He appreciates the opportunity they gave yeah. him, and he's happy to take his pay rise. I imagine, <laughs> but. Uh, I suppose he the, bloody well earned it. <laughs> I suppose the last question that we're asking here is, is financial fair play needed? That That's the point I was making. Like, is the idea that let the club spend the money if someone's going to bail them out. <laughs> yeah. So, like, is it a bad thing that they're in debt? Like, uh, the, the ultimate conclusion is yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... For, the, like, the next 200 years of football, if football is still around in 200 years, yeah. that's one of those things, recency bias, like I, we, we, I called it two weeks ago, yeah. where we assume football is going to be around for 200 years, even though it's been only around for, like, 120. Space football. Yeah, we assume uh, things that exist now will exist forever. And they won't, Ken. Football will disappear someday and it'll be one of those things people look back on in museums. Thinking it was dumb. Yeah. It's like, why do people spend so much money on this stupid thing? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the future The future is a fun idea. Um. Yeah, but, you know, financial fair play is a, is a difficult one. Like, they try to put limits on where players can go. Obviously, in the EU, that's illegal. Uh, yep. And financial fair play is like, that's, that's running into legal snafus as well because companies are kind of making, like, Clubs are companies, uh, basically now. Yeah. And they're so making the point that... making enterprises. Uh, yeah, and they're making the point that, like, why should an external force uh, limit their prosperity, basically? It's anti-competitive in theory. Yeah. To, they should be able to spend whatever they like if they can... If they can... Get that money somehow. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think they'll continue to evade financial fair play in the future. I think I just don't think that the legal... Uh, uh, premises is there for it like Bar- Barcelona and Real Madrid pay no attention to these rules yeah it's just like occasionally they'll be slapped with transfer bans but they'll like, appeal it and more often than not it will be uh, actually reduced or, get, and e- or even if it's not they, they have an academy that they can just pluck a few players out of and it's like there you go fill the roles although interestingly you're not in Spain you can't sign academy players to contracts really yeah so that's why uh, the likes of uh, Arsenal pilfer a lot of Barcelona prospects because in England you can sign them to contracts you can sign the contracts on like five in England yeah so it's <laughs> well uh, pre-contracts they call them that's another interesting thing but I suppose that may be for another day can't really yep uh, so football gonna collapse who knows <laughs> who knows but uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. that's that's basically the, 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 the conclusion we've come to maybe probably not people will probably continue to pay for it because companies are stupid and they like that's probably the last point we should leave on that the the amount they're spending the 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 fan base as you said it's not as as big as you might think because there is it's on subscription channels so like between a half a million and a million people on average watch a game on sky yeah which you think it's like 10 million you know that's yeah. uh, in in your head you go like oh yeah 10 million people and maybe they do what like uh, i think around uh, I think 27 million people watched football in the UK yeah. last year, but I think 22 million of those was through on the BBC. Yeah. So match of the day. Exactly. Lots of people like match of the day really profits from that, you know. Yeah. So I think like five to seven million people watch match of the day every week. So, and like the BBC obviously is a, a public service broadcaster available to everybody for free. Yeah. As opposed to Sky and BT, which are subscription services. And they're worth billions, so they can actually afford to, to pay this kind of money as well yeah. for highlights. Whatever it costs, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Do you think football is bound to collapse? Or do you think the good times will keep on rolling on? Let us know on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or on Twitter at TWSKK. We'll be right back to say goodbye with details on next week's episode. Stay with us. 
You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, ballers, that's our show for this week. Thank you for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can now find a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. Make sure to bookmark the link or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. As usual, um, if you want to write us a review on iTunes, please do. Uh, it really does help. Uh, more than you know, and uh, we will send you a special prize in the mail. Oh, it's one of those cereals. It's not a prize, Ken. Yeah. You didn't win. It's, it's a prize if you win something. Okay, guys, sorry. It's a, it's a gift, but it's not a gift. You're paying for it, so it's not a gift either. It's a, it's a gratuity. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, spe- we'll send you a special uh, custom, one-of-a-kind TWSKK Cracker Jack ring. Sure, yeah. We'll just put a sticker on one of the ones from the box. <laughs> if you can't wait until next week to hear more Weekend Show antics, you can read us snippets of our best bits on YouTube. Just search TWSKK. You can also reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? At TWSKK. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor... Sports, yes, all sports. Next week we talk the best and worst of the Irish general election. We have a bunch of idiots in the in our parliament, so it's bound to be interesting. Or not as bad as the US, in fairness. Uh, we have some uh, some prime moments though, guys. We yeah, have some. We also have like rules. <laughs> we have some gems. We do have rules, but uh, and my, like uh, my favorite thing compared to the US is like our election is, is two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Like we like we called our election like three weeks ago. The election is this Friday. It's, it's so weird. It almost seems like I'm not prepared to be honest to, to vote. Wait, and you can't actually campaign before that. You can't do it. It's it's not allowed. Whereas the US, they've been campaigning for president for like the last three years. It's just, it's just like it's, it's like to the point where you get to the election, you're just like, mm. yeah, who cares? But uh, there's been some gaps so far. I'm sure there'll be some uh, some hilarious moments in the last week, sir. So it's sure to be a fun time. So do join us and offer your thoughts on that. Our theme music, as always, is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, girl. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. Good morning. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) It's like...